Welcome to the AWPT Podcast, a safe space for personal trainers and coaches who want to learn, grow, and feel heard in the fitness industry. Each week, we'll bring you industry-relevant discussions on all things coaching, mindset, and professional development, empowering you with the tools to be a competent and confident coach. Emily King, thank you so much for coming on the AWPT podcast. I am super excited to have a chat with Em all about her fitness journey, competing to motherhood, uh, such a massive transition that must have been for you in terms of like mindset, but also, you know, taking some of that mindset from your competing days into being a mother. Thank you for jumping on. Um Give us a little bit of a background of how you first got into fitness and got into competing. Oh, wow. Job back in time now. So <laughs> thanks for having me as well. It's lovely to be here. Um, so I started back in like when I was 17 or 18 years old. I was really quite active during school and I did a lot of sports. Um, I wasn't relatively like good at them though. So I tried a lot of things, but I never really excelled at any one thing um and then my mum got me into the gym doing like Les Mills classes when I was like 17 or 18 um and that's kind of my first exposure to it and then after that was I just started going to the gym with friends probably around like the 2021 mark and started taking it seriously um and it kind of was just like a love affair after that. It was just like when I was in that mind frame, like when I think when you first start, you go like every day and don't have any days off because you think that's how you're going to build muscle. And I did all the things wrong to start off with 100%, cut carbs, went keto, did all the things, dieted. Like um, looking back now, I, I wonder like I'm, I'm jealous of the education that young girls have these days in terms of what they need to do to build muscle. So I'm like, imagine where I would be if I didn't diet consistently for like four years at the beginning. So yeah, it was, um, it was a really awesome time. Like I loved my early twenties in terms of like my discovery of gym and, you know, what I could do with my body and the challenges that it showed me and how strong I could be in that, in that um, place as well. So I wasn't very like to give you some background. I wasn't like the popular kid at school. I was a very strange looking child, and um, I didn't really have any like I had close friends, but I didn't really at the same time. I was a bit of a loner. So um, the gym kind of gave me that place where I felt like I was in control of something, um, and I could really put all of my effort into it, and I got better at it. It was something that didn't lie to you, you know, or like it was something that you couldn't also do by luck or get better by chance. Like you had just had to put the effort into it. So um, yeah, that led into my early twenties and I was still nursing at that point in time. Um, and then I started doing my PT sets around like the 20, 22, 23 mark. And that's when I started doing more like personal training um, and then transitioned to online. But all, all along in that time frame as well, um, I started competing in ICN and IMBA. So that's where I started my competing career um and then I went into NABA which I didn't really fit too much into and then I went WBFF where I'm currently at the moment and that's me I I always love hearing everyone's backstories because they're always so different but almost like different but the same like everyone's got something that led them to the gym and that brought them to the gym and and that's 
kept them to the gym and it's always that feeling that you get from being in the gym as well like my story's sort of similar in terms of I started with the Les Mills like the body pump then uh got you your mum got you to go to the body pump but I actually got my mum to come to body pump Ah, Um, yeah and then we kind of outgrew body pump because like you couldn't lift heavy enough like I was starting to put all the weights on in the squat one yeah. the body pump and it was, just wasn't uh, wasn't um heavy enough but I think those things we go through in those phases we go through in terms of this the mistakes we make they've all led us to where we are now and what you're doing now and and your transition from nursing to coaching it seems like you know, nurses need to know a lot about health and they have that background in health. So there are a lot of nurses that do transition into being a coach because as a nurse, you see sick people and my mum's actually a nurse and you see sick people all the time and you're like, well, most of these things can be prevented in the first place if they had just been healthy. You know, Mm -hmm. my background is as a physio and I see people when they're injured And so a lot of these injuries could be prevented. You know, I was seeing a lot of like gen pop sedentary people. And it's like a lot of these injuries could be prevented if we just got to the root cause of it first. And so, you know, yeah, yeah. With coaching, you know, you've taken that step into being able to prevent people from going through what you went through in terms of like, you know, um, restricting cows and carbs and all the fad diets and like all the hours of cardio and things like that and actually yeah stop it at the source rather than have having them have to go through it and I think that's it's almost like I've seen this pattern the more people I talk to of like we want to help the people that we used to be and yeah and help them at where they are at and avoid the mistakes that we make which is absolutely amazing so about 23 22 you said you completed your PT certificate did you start out face-to-face training and then how did you move more into the online space yeah so I did face-to-face training um in a little gym in Rocky actually it was a world gym um and they first opened up in Rockhampton and um I did PT there um, for about a year and like at the start like you get better at things obviously your skill set grows and you get to know people and although I had been working in a very people focused career in nursing um, it's different when you're learning technique and showing people technique and things like that so I don't think that I was the best personal trainer at that point in time looking back on like things that I used to do I think we all are like what did I do that for why did I do that um but you know my heart was in the right place so I kept persisting at it and I and I sought out mentors as well in the industry so um then I moved I actually moved to Townsville after that and that's really where my my PT um career took off so I had to transition to agency working at in the nursing sphere so that meant I was doing like less hours or I get to choose my hours pretty much. Um, and I was getting more PT. So I was doing less nursing and it would kind of transitioned out that way. Like I would do two shifts a week and then I was doing 30 clients, you know? So I got to a point where I was like packed with my PT and it was, it was bustling. It was amazing. Like I was so busy though. Um, and then I moved from council 
again, <laughs> I moved quite a lot in my my years, but I moved from Townsville after three years of two years of being there. Um, and that led me to Gold Coast. And it was essentially like, okay, well, I either pick up a face-to-face PT job, I do agency nursing, or I take my business online. And I kind of like sat in this no man's land for about two weeks once I got down here because it was a very split decision moving from Townsville to, to Gold Coast. I think it was like in the space of seven days, I was like, I'm going, okay, bye. And I left. So it was out of desperation that I was like, oh, I've got to take this thing online and I've got to figure out how the hell I do this. Um, and at the time, I think when I was starting my online, not a lot of people were in this space. Um, I remember that only really being like Zach Smith and the natural transform if you know any of those like they're more good guys like it yeah. was a men's a men's dominated place um so I was like okay I just gotta make this thing figure out how to do it um and essentially it worked out just because I put full focus into what I was doing there I was still doing like one or two face-to-face sessions here on Gold Coast um but that fizzled out pretty quick but I like I love face-to-face PT it's one of the things that I do miss a lot just because you're able to actually catch people in movement patterns that aren't obviously working well for them. Um, and you can see how people move and change things and with the online space. It's hard because obviously you're not there with that person. And a lot of sometimes things can go missed. Um, but online has given me the opportunity to reach a lot more people in terms of mindset um, and nutrition are the two things I like to focus on most with my coaching. Training is obviously a big part of it, but um you know, those two things, I did want to reach more people. So that was, you know, that's kind of how I transitioned out of it. It all it was very, I don't like to push things in life. I'm not one of those people that push things, but it all happened very organically because I was putting my energy into the right places. Yeah. It's almost like when you don't have that safety net, you have to make something work and you threw yeah. yourself into the deep end <laughs> with the quick move because that's actually how we got connected was there was a, a, a Townsville seminar um, or like a, a networking event and, and you were speaking there like online because yeah. you were pregnant at the time um, and I was there and I was like, this community is like, I wouldn't have thought the Townsville community, fitness community would be big, but there's actually a really close knit like huge fitness community in Townsville and so yeah yeah I guess like that's really awesome when you do travel like you are able to reach so many more people and with the online space you are able to reach so many more people even though like the face-to-face is so valuable as well like I definitely think that both of them have their place and yeah you know especially if you're training women predominantly as well that that connection and engagement it connects people online that would normally not have connected as well if you have that online community and it's really cool that you know potentially some of your online clients maybe they are in the same area and they can meet up and train together and have that connection yeah so I think that's that's really special as well and you've obviously done a lot of work in terms of like you did a lot of mentoring you know I guess you kind of self-taught yourself the online business stuff. A lot as of stuff, well. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's like the hard, I think a lot of people are like, how do I get into this online space? And I was like, I just figured it out as I went. But um, there's so many ways. There's like a thousand ways to skitty cat, right? Like there's, there's so many ways to take your business online in these days. 
and yeah. it's not necessarily wrong any one of them like but it's just about finding what works for you and and your client base as well yeah there are literally no rules and I think you know mm. one thing is also like you started out with human connection as well like you probably I'm not 100% sure but correct me if I'm wrong you probably didn't have like a massive online presence at the time that was built over time as you kind of went online yeah you know the more yeah. people you helped one-to-one the more people you helped in person that referral network and I think yeah. building a bit business word of mouth referral is like your biggest thing yeah. and so treating your clients properly and uh, giving your clients a lot of value that's how you're going to to get that referral uh, from the yeah. clients that you actually have in your actual community yeah so was it after you moved to the Gold Coast that you started getting into competing no it was like come from? so the competing started well before that even during my 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 exclusive nursing years so I started competing when I was like 21 um and that was like ICN and I got my fitness pro card in in that division federation um and then I moved to WBFF yeah like 2017 yeah so I'm not like very familiar with the competing world I know a little bit but what's the difference between the federations so a lot of people think that like IMBA is easier and things like that, but it's not necessarily. So IMBA um, and AWBS, I think that's the all women's bodybuilding. I'm not too familiar with that one, but ICN and IMBA, they're exactly the same. They, I'm pretty sure it's like they're called one or the other, or it used to be called ICN. Now it's, I don't know, whatever. I think now it's called ICN, but it's a natural federation essentially. So everyone that goes there gets tested, um, okay. not they don't get tested or but they may get tested so it is for people that don't want to necessarily step into the realm of performance enhancing drugs or using you know thyroid medication and things like that so um that's for them and then we've got the postman here hello um and Do you then want to <laughs> we're back just a small pa- small pause for the postman <laughs> <laughs> and then WBFF um, and your NABBAs and your IFBB, they're a non-tested. So essentially in those things, whether people use performance-enhancing drugs or not, it, it is a place where um, you're not being tested for them. So this is why you see most of your the bigger dudes, like you would see on like Olympia stage, um, mm. like big figure athletes that are women, like that's where you would see those people pushing more boundaries. So that's the main difference between yeah. the two federations or all the federations and are they judged differently um a sentence not really hey like I like okay so WBFF is more like a a glamour and the glitz and you've yeah. probably seen like different bikinis and dresses and theme wear and things like that so it's more based on like the whole package of the the woman or the man um and it's more of a show IFBB is more on conditioning and symmetry and balance and they have specific poses that they need to hit. The same for your IMBA, ICM, whatever it's called these days. Um, (laughs) Sorry, people that are in it. I think it's called us. She's been in the the industry for a while. Yeah, it's changed. Um, (laughs) I know it's changed in the time. But um, it's the same for them. They do specific poses and they get get, um, judged on, on that. Yeah. 
And which one did you prefer? Do you much prefer the WBFF, like presenting a whole package or is it just different? It's just different. Hey, like I, I actually do prefer WBFF because I can be more of a character and you can get who you are across on stage more. It's more of a show. Um, if, if it was just standing and doing the poses, you have very little room to be like, I'm, you know, fabulous. So it, it's yeah. each to their own, whatever, whoever wants to compete in either. And I think people will resonate with either one. Um, but I just like the, the showmanship of, of WBFF. Yeah. And was that the main reason for your transition? I capped out at in ICN. I was bigger and they were like, you're too big. And so oh. it was it was like a natural progression to be like, okay, well, where else can I go? Yeah. <laughs> so I went across, yeah. Okay, awesome. And so how many years did you compete in the WBFF for? Um, in ICN or WBFF? The first WBFF. one or second Second. I'm still there. So now that's 2017, 18, 19, 20, 25 years now. Yeah. So that's where I was going to go because not maybe halfway through your career, you ended up getting pregnant. So you've got a yes. young daughter right now. So you've got yes. a 14 month old, if that's correct. Yeah. And yeah. you're about to step on stage for, is it the sixth time? In WBFS, it would be. Yeah, it would be the sixth time, yeah, or the fifth time. can't remember the other one. Amazing. So how has that journey been from competitor on stage for five years to getting pregnant? Did you fall pregnant easily? Was it planned? And then have you – how has it been, like, the transition changes in your body over time and then getting back to the condition that you're in now, ready to step on stage in a couple of weeks' time? Yeah, in like six weeks time, five weeks time, yeah. Yeah. So I guess to start at the start, um, what was the first question? (laughs) Um, Yeah, what's it been like from going from, yeah, competing from five years to then, you know, getting pregnant and then your your, journey. Okay, so actually I didn't. I didn't plan on getting pregnant. It was it was in an off-season phase where obviously it was a good thing that my body was super healthy. Mm. Um, I had kind of doubts uh, for a while there that I would struggle getting pregnant just because of how drastic my competing has been in terms of how lean I get and mm. um, lack of regular cycles and things like that. But for also a lot of that, I had... Um, uh, birth control so you wouldn't really know what was going on beyond that so I got that taken out when I was like two, at the start of my I think 2018 or something um, and I decided to just track ovulation and, and do it the the nicer way rather than yeah the natural way um, yeah. which actually works so much better in terms of my ability to lose weight my ability to hold muscle just regulate my own moods all of those fantastic things um, but I, I fell pregnant essentially. So I competed my last show, um, in UK, I came back, I did an off season. So I put calories back in, I brought training down. Um, I was just focusing on health and then I, we got pregnant, um, during COVID, which was like, whoa. Um, and I was definitely was not ready for that. I was hoping for another, like 
solid year or two. Um, but again, life gives you what you need and, and what you can handle. So um, yeah, she's 14 months now. And I guess the biggest, the biggest struggle, I think a lot of people would have been like, it was a physical changes, wasn't it? Or, or getting pregnant and getting big, but it wasn't even the physical changes that were the hardest part of it. It was more of the mental shift between athlete to pregnancy to who am I outside of competing or who am I without abs or who am I without being lean? Um, and that was the biggest one. And it really brought me to the fact of like, I just needed to shed the person that I was before entirely and actually figure out who I was beneath all of those things. Um, and I think a lot of women would, would understand that feeling. Um, and it was a huge shock for me. I struggled a lot during pregnancy, just trying to figure that, that out for myself um but at the end of it it came out on top <laughs> but then you have like postpartum which is like a roller coaster of emotions and hormones and no one tells you how awful it's going to be um <laughs> until you're in it and then you're like I understand now so that was a really tough time for me as well I think at the six month mark of being sleep deprived just because also I run my own business, obviously. So I had, I went back to work at around the four week postpartum mark, which obviously you wouldn't if you were on maternity leave. Um, and it was a lot of stress of having to run challenges and have a six week old baby. And then I was like in my head thinking, okay, do I need to, do I need to diet? And at the six month mark, I kind of just folded it all in and I was like, okay, you know what? I'm going to, get rid of all these expectations that I have on myself to be Wonder Woman and to to do all the things and to look a certain way and to feel a certain way because my whole life I've been that person to hold shit together because I needed to um, or just get things done because I needed to. So I, I gave myself a lot of love in that, in that early postpartum phase um, after I had my slight meltdown. And we got to like, I think we got to like the nine-month mark and finally, I think the sun started shining. So like a lot of women struggle in that early postpartum phase and I totally get it because it is really rough. Like you're dealing with so many variables plus expectations of yourself and the others around you. So um, it is a lot to take in. But, you know, one year postpartum now over just over and I feel like I'm back to myself in terms of like my body and my strength and my moods and all those great things so don't mean to scare people off children but it is a ride you know it's a, it's a ride a hundred percent like I got goosebumps as you were talking just then because you know I obviously haven't had that personal experience myself so you know when I'm teaching these things and you know I've learned a lot of the um the background and the theory I love speaking to women about their journey because every journey is so different and it's just like amazing to hear the mindset shifts as well. I was speaking to another uh, coach slash mum slash competitor last night and she was saying like the exact same thing, like that mindset change that you go through in terms of like, who am I? What's my identity? And I think, you know, in the work that I've done, like we don't just have one identity and we don't just have to be one thing. You don't have to just be an athlete or a mum or a businesswoman. You can be all of them. Women are so multifaceted that mm. we can be all of them, 
maybe not all at once, but at different mm. times um, of our lives, we slip into these different, like we put these different hats on. And yeah, yeah she said as well last night, l- losing some of the control. That was the biggest thing for her was like having to let go of things being perfect, things running a certain way. Because as yeah. a competitor, you're regimented. You're, you know, eating when you need to eat. You're eating like a certain amount of food. It's all weighed out. It's yeah. all prepped. Your training, your sleep needs to be on point. All these other factors, everything's regimented. When you have a baby, though, all that kind of goes out the window. It's all over like, the place. <laughs> you're on the baby's time, right? Like when the baby yeah. needs to eat, when the baby's yeah. sleeping, like all that kind of stuff. And it's all, you know, competing can be very self-focused and then like being a mum is very selfless it's yeah focused on the other person so yeah I can see that that would be a massive shift and a a massive um, transition for you going through that but it's absolutely amazing the way that you've handled it even though it's been hard it sounds like it's been rewarding and so definitely I guess my next question is has that experience changed your style of coaching or the way that you coach women, especially postpartum women or mums? Yeah. Okay. So this is a big one because like um, I, it has made me so much more compassionate for, to, towards mums, um, especially mums with multiple children um, and women in that postpartum phase prior like I would have just been like well you just got to do it like I didn't understand you know I didn't understand (laughs) how hard it how it actually is to just do shit sometimes um but it is something that at the end of the day you do just got to do like uh, that's what I've realized during prep is like if you want to achieve something incredible um in terms of your physique or even just weight loss or muscle gain or whatever there is a there is a side to you that's like okay I gotta be I have to be really organized and I have to be really structured but I also have to have flexibility in that structure to make this work like um so yes it has changed the way that I speak to women but I do speak to them out of experience which I know that they appreciate because they can see me doing all of the things too um so yeah it's it it definitely has like especially early postpartum like with my women, I'm just like, you just eat and rest and train when you can. Like there is no pressure on you whatsoever because I'm glad that I, I had that approach on myself during postpartum essentially. So, you know, and that it worked out well for me. So I'm like, well, you know, it's going to work out well for you if you take the pressure off a little bit. But after that, like there is the, the side that you just have to get shit done if you want anything to happen. Yeah, and so that leads me into the question of, like, with your own postpartum journey, it sounds like you did take your time getting back, which a lot of women feel the pressure to bounce back straight mm. away. And I can only imagine, you know, being a, being a competitor, you've probably had that pressure or felt that pressure even to bounce back straight away. But it sounds like you took more of a slow approach. You were like, no, it's on my time how my body wants to um, wants to come back and then how has the journey been and the mindset been throughout this prep as opposed to your previous preps where before you got pregnant? Yeah, so I like the postpartum phase for me, like I did take a, a lot of my time, like I didn't get back into the gym probably until 
like eight or 10 weeks, which sounds early, but like I'm a competitor, I'm in the gym every day. So like it was quite a, a long time off, but I actually really appreciated that time out um, because it had probably been the longest time out that I'd have forever. Um, mm. And I knew that like I was just coaching myself in the back of my head going, you know, if you go in and you hurt yourself, you're only going to be out for longer and you need to be able to recover and strengthen yourself from the inside out. Um, for you to be the strongest in six to nine months time. So like it wasn't, I had to really talk to myself about what I was trying to achieve because as if I was my own client, because um, there are a lot of people, obviously, like you said, that feel the pressure to get back into the gym. But at the end of the day, as we know, as coaches, it's not necessarily the training aspect. It's going to be the, the dieting and the nutrition aspect that's going to make the biggest difference in this picture in terms of, um, you know, recovering a depleted body after pregnancy and, and labor and postpartum. And so I focused on that a lot. My nutrition was like something that I really focused on. I didn't necessarily get back to tracking or anything like that until I was like eight months postpartum, but I was using more informed eating practices, like around making sure that I was having enough protein, like three meals a day, really good quality food, lots of really warm foods, like Chinese medicine type shit in that picture, because as we know, it all, it all, it's like the one percent is that, that really matter. Um, so I knew that giving myself time and food and, and love was going to help me get to where I needed to be in, in nine months time down the track. But, um, and your second question was, my brain's a bit fried today from prep. But... <laughs> no, that's okay. I think that was it. I think that answered, oh, your mindset in terms of like oh, yeah. how you, you know, going into your previous competitions versus like your mindset now? Is it the same? Has it shifted? Um, look, it actually has been a little bit of a struggle in terms of, because um, we like as, as competitors, we know how we're going to pretty much feel like each prep. We know like what it takes, what we need to do, the organisation. But then when you throw a child into the mix, like a dependent, um, it's been like kind of like a teething process of like, I, I need to do this, but I'm like, oh, I can't because, you know, she's napping at that time. And then I'm like, oh, okay, well, I have to move around it. So I actually have like a big board where I write down um, what time I'm training, what time, you know, I drop her off to daycare, what time I pick her up. So it's all very structured because it needs to be. But um, the mindset like has kind of changed a little bit. To be completely honest, um, competing was all I ever had for such a long time it was it was my thing you know my jam um now I have a small family I love traveling I love just coaching general population clients so there has been a big shift within myself after having Luna and it's not to say that I don't love competing because I do but it's not my everything you know so that's probably the biggest shift right now um and that's probably what I've been struggling with the most um and it's not to say that I'm not doing all the things perfectly. It's just like beforehand I would have been, you know, in the gym spending three hours training and then, you know, going back in the afternoon to do an hour of cardio. Like I would have been out of the house so much more. Now I'm like juggling mum life and I have to be here for Luna, obviously, and taking her to the park and doing all the mum things. So it's just a whole different thing. Yeah, and it's probably, I mean, like I'm so excited to see the result of this because when you have expectations on something 
and then it doesn't go the way you want. You can be left so disappointed. Whereas, mm. you know, this time it's like, you know, I have these other amazing things in my life to fall back on if this doesn't go the way I plan. But it's always like, yeah. you know, when you don't have those expectations, it always works out better than you think it is. Yeah. So I'm super yeah. excited um need to watch you you look absolutely amazing um like I've just been watching your journey from like pregnancy motherhood and like your physique right now is like oh my god like how has she Thanks, had a child like, 14 months ago so yeah absolutely amazing like hats off to you. you've done an amazing job and you know you've also, I guess, shown that, you know, it isn't always easy and it isn't always, um, you know, smooth sailing with these things. And yeah, I think it's um, really awesome to sort of see, have a role model that, you know, can show you that it can all be done as well. So like having a business, being a mother, being a competitor, you can do it all. It's just a lot of managing your time and your energy and, having that compassion for yourself, I think is huge. So yeah, I just want to say thank you so much uh, for sharing your story, for jumping on the podcast. Is there anything else you wanted to share um, with the listeners? So we have a couple of coaches um, mainly who are listening. Any um, advice you have for them if they are you know, online coaches, if they're going through motherhood as well, or if they're training women who are pregnant or have have recently given birth? So many things to say. Um, <laughs> one thing is like, um, we don't talk about women's health physios enough in this country um, in terms of like pelvic floor assessments and things like that. And I think it's something that coaches really need to be clued on about in terms of getting their um, clients to go see a women's health physio when they're pregnant and postpartum just to get an assessment of what's going on down there because they do like an internal and an external and all that type of stuff. But it is really good feedback for you as coaches to know, you know, if we need to change the way that we're programming for them and knowing if they want to get back to running or skipping or high-intensity training, like, that's one big place that it's talked about quite a lot overseas, but not in, not in Australia. And when I mention it to a client, they're like, what are women's health physio? What are they? And I'm like, they exist. You just have to go looking for them. But that's one big thing um, to really highlight. And just like also understanding that, that women in their postpartum phase, it's not a six week or a 12 week postpartum phase. It's, it's a year plus. And it also depends so much on the child's ability to sleep. Um, and the mum's ability to cope. So like you just have to be really wary of not putting women into deficits before 12 months. Like I would probably, I, I try to be really strict with my girls that come on board. A lot of them come on with me like, you know, a few months postpartum. They're like, I want to be in a cutting phase. And I totally understand where they're coming from. But so much can actually happen in a maintenance phase if we just keep calories relatively high and allow them to get back to training and allow weight loss to happen like you know um you know naturally with breastfeeding and just with like looking after their food and daily movement so just to avoid the deficits for postpartum mums because we have so many things on our plate already that you know being on low calories is just the last of the things that we need 
hundred percent. That is such valuable information because, you know, as a women's health physio, like when clients come to me and they're like, um, can I get back into exercise or I want to get back into exercise? I'm like, have you had your six week clearance? And it's like, yes, they might've had a checkup with the GP that asked a couple yeah. of questions, but have you had, did nothing your pelvic, else, yeah. have you had your pelvic floor assessed? Like, you know, like you said, it is, there are so many things that, you know, you might feel mentally okay to go back into the gym and to start exercising. But if you do too much too soon, it's not something that might present straight away. It's something that might present years down Mm. the track in terms of like, if you don't rehab your pelvic floor correctly, you know, how can you expect, you know, your body go undergoing so many changes over 10 months and then expecting it to bounce back within six weeks like yeah there is going to be time and like you said yeah up to a year can be that time that need that is needed for that recovery if you're breastfeeding you don't want to be in a deficit because your child needs to be able to get enough nutrients to grow and to be healthy as well so I think that is such valuable information and yeah the body you know fat loss and weight loss and all that happens naturally over time Um, postpartum as well there's still like fluid there's still you know your uterus is still shrinking there's still things that are happening with the body and all those physiological things that have happened over the 10 months are still reversing and so it it does take time and I am just so grateful for you for sharing your story and for you know um, advocating for you know taking time to get back because you know it's been 14 months and Like, look where you're at now. Like, you took your time, but you look amazing. And um, I'm super excited to see. I'm super excited to see you up on stage. Maybe I'll even be in the Gold Coast. Is it it on the Gold Coast? No, it's in Vegas. Oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Super exciting. Um, I'll be be watching. Thank you so much, uh, Emily. If you want to... Find Emily, ask her any questions. Uh, her Instagram is at Emily King. Um, at Emily underscore King Bodies. Oh, King Bodies, that's correct. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So, King Bodies is your your business. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Okay. And, um, yeah, if you, if you have any questions further for Emily, you can find her at Emily underscore King Bodies. Thank you so much for jumping on the AWPT podcast and sharing your story and all your knowledge with us. Lovely. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to the AWPT podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to share it with your friends and fellow coaches and subscribe for weekly episodes and content.